When your child comes out as LGBTQ, you need a place to find the right tools to help you and your child thrive. This is the podcast you need. Hi, my name is Jenny Hunter, and I am an advanced certified faith-based family coach. And I have coached over 10,000 hours helping families with LGBTQ children become healthy, thriving families. Hello, how is everybody? I hope you are doing well today. It is so beautiful here in Tampa. Um, it is the spring where you wake up and it's in the 50s and then you it warms up to the 70s and the 80s. So it's a beautiful, these are our um, months that we get after we endure the summer. So it's a great time to live in Tampa. Um, and it's just super excited to be with you today and talking about unconditional love. Um, unconditional love. Like I thought, I don't know about you, but I thought I knew everything to do what it was about love. Um, and then I had a child come, came out and it was a whole new classroom of teaching me what love was and how I was limiting myself from feeling love, to be honest with you. Um, I say like everybody has kind of an easy button for some of their children, like, oh, that's your easy button. And it's always, I really think very easy to love the children who are doing exactly what you think they should be doing and acting how you think is appropriate to act. But then when your children start doing things that you don't agree with, that is where you enter into the classroom of unconditional love and learning like, oh, I might have been loving transactionally. And so the difference is like, it, like I said, it's really easy to love your kids. Like, yeah, of course I love them unconditionally. And then the real work of being a parent is loving your child when they start doing things that, you know, are different from the vision you had. And, you know, I had a vision of like, like what my son's life would look like, how he should behave, what he should do. And once he stopped doing those things, I really did realize that I was loving a little bit transactional and the transactional mindset really indicates that love is something to be like earned or given and, or taken away. And I didn't even like consciously do this. And so you probably are not consciously saying I'm loving transactionally. Um, but you, I found some holes in my ability to love unconditionally, and I had to learn some lessons. And the problem with loving transactionally is the damage it does to your child, but also the damage it does to you. And sometimes it's learned behavior um, where you, and usually it is, it's usually from things that you weren't loved conditionally as a child. And that like, like you, and we learned this, like just in society where like you get your, you're the good one in class or you get straight A's or you, and then you, people are, um, show more, say more words and do more things that we indicate as love. And, you know, with, if someone, if you love someone and they disappoint you, it's not the love you have for them that hurts. It's like, what hurts is the meaning that you give to their actions. So, you know, like when my son came out, he was also really going through emotional distress, which most LGBTQ kids do. And usually hurt people try to hurt other people, meaning they're not saying nice words. They're not doing nice things. They're, they're, they're acting out of hurt. Right. And I, you know, 
sometimes you withhold your love as a parent, meaning like they need to be time out or they need to be punished. And, um, you're not doing that because you're not loving them. You're doing that because you're like trying to control or fix the behavior. And when you're doing that, like that is bringing, that's teaching them that if you do this, then I change, I react differently. Um, my love is different. And like I said, like, usually we're doing this from the best intent. Cause we're like, well, isn't it our job as parents to help them learn how to behave and help them, you know, what is good and bad behavior? Absolutely. But we have to be really careful, um, to not let them tie that into our love. And so when we, the best way to do this is to really see like how you're feeling about that person when something happened. Like, and that's how I noticed it for me. Like I started realizing like there was moments I wasn't really liking my son and I would be like, yeah, but I love him, but it's hard to really love unconditionally when you can't even like them. And when I wasn't liking him, I wasn't being compassionate. I wasn't like figuring out what was going on with my son. I just was like more focused on his behavior and the outside what he was doing versus what was really going on, like how the behavior was affecting our family and me versus what he really needed. Um, Cause it was hard behavior and it was easy to focus on that versus um, what was going on underneath. So we all know, and we want to be the parent who gives unconditional love. And most parents like really, most of the time we do love our children without reservation. Um, and then we get a little bit ir- irritated. And the problem is that unconditional love isn't just what we feel. It's what the other person feels. So, you know, does your child know that they're lovable exactly for who they are? Does your child, like, is she or he expected to be perfect? Or, you know, like our son, like there were certain things in our religion, like going on a mission, things like that, that other grandkids did. And he was like, are you going to be like beyond like disappointed, but also like treat me differently because I won't do these things. And so they learn like that their anger, their disappointment, their frustration, sadness are just like part of being a human. When we do this, right. When we realize, like when we teach them and I'm going to teach you five steps of like how to teach your children, like their that loving unconditionally and what it looks like. Um, when, even when they're driving you crazy. Okay. So kind of, these are some mindsets that you need to focus on when, especially when they're driving you crazy. And so I want you to realize, like, pick your child who drives you the most crazy and don't feel shame about it. We're all human beings and we interact differently. Families are messy, but realize like that child is going to teach you the most and that child is going to change you the most. So it's actually good news for you. Okay. Like I want you to start changing your mindset, how you view that child. And so to stay lovingly connected to them, even like, as you set behaviors, like, so like, say like when they get angry about, um, like say our, one of our rules in our house is that you have dish week and, um, which they love (laughs) not, but when they don't do the dishes the night before they get a day added onto their week. And so like, that is the behavior we set. But if they don't do the dishes and we add on a week, I, I mean, a day, I don't think they're a horrible child. I'm just like, this is just the consequence. It's like, I call it um, just focus on the math, not the drama. Like this is just the consequence for it. And so when that happens, like 
say I wake up and the kitchen is completely messy. I don't lash out and get really angry. I just like, oh, you forgot to do the dishes. You have one more day. And they they might lash out and be angry, but I'd be very mindful of not matching their anger. I'm like, I bet you are angry. I would be angry too if I had a day added on. I could see why this is frustrating. And so like, don't lash out. Um, and remember to emphasize as you set limits, like, like what you want to follow, like, like, listen, you could be as angry as you want, but if you hit your sister, or if you say these words, this is another consequence. So like you can react to the anger also still very calmly and still continue to set limits. And, you know, also accept like, they're going to be, they're going to mess up. They're immature humans who naturally make mistakes. And like, say the dish is again, like I come down, it's messy. Um, I'm like, okay, you have a day and they react poorly. I always say things like, I totally get it. Dishes are hard to do. This is a requirement in our house that isn't fun, but it's how we function as a house. And I get it. Like, I don't make it mean that he or she's messed up, but like they're age appropriate. They're 16. They're going to be angry. Like I always think like, oh, this is age appropriate response to it. And that really helps me. I did that when they were little, like, of course, two-year-olds are going to hit and scream and try to pinch their sister. Like when I view like they're age appropriate, that keeps me into unconditional love, like not making their behavior mean something less about them. And sometimes I do get angry. Okay. And so I, you need a parent and you need to, um, pattern. Like if I get angry or more anger, cause I'm not a perfect parent, I do make sure I go back and apologize. So like what you're teaching them is like, we're messy human beings and we're not going to do it right, but we need to clean up our own emotional mess. Like even when we don't do it right, we still can redeem ourselves and make it better. Um, and so those are kind of the, like the mindsets I want you to go in for uh, unconditional love. But then these five things are like the 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 structure of how unconditional love versus conditional love works. So the first one I, I want you to focus on is just accept feelings and limit behavior. So empathy is unconditional love and action. Your child feels understood and accepted even when his actions are contained. So you need to focus on reconnecting, improvising, and invite them to trust you with their deeper feelings driving the behavior. Like you must be really upset. Like one day we had a really big blow up. We took away his iPad and I knew like the iPad was um, part of his connection with friends, right? And that was not my ideal way to do it, but this was the only thing I felt like I could do as a parent. And he was so angry. And I'm like, I can totally, I get it. You must really be upset that I took this way because this is how you connect with friends. You're totally allowed to be angry. And so like, I focus on like, like emphasizing with his anger, like being there with him. And I'm like, not endorsing him yelling or saying words to me, but like just being there and like saying, yes, I know this is hard and you can totally like be upset. What go for a walk? Like I give him options, like go for a walk. Um, would you like to watch a show on TV or like different options he could do to calm down versus like making the anger a problem. Okay. The second one is really walk in your child's shoes. Um, when you have an LGBTQ child, most of us aren't LGBTQ as parents. And so naturally we assume like we're right and which makes like whatever their behavior wrong. Um, but when we try to see it a different way, like we try to really understand like what they're going through. Like um, 
how I do this is like, I go to like, okay, how are they just like me? Like if they say they're putting makeup on and, um, and you're, it's your son and you're uncomfortable with that. I try to go to like, okay, what is he trying to feel? What emotion is this? Is he trying to create by doing this behavior? And when I really like focus on not the behavior, but what he or she is trying to create, that helps me walk in their shoes of like, oh, they're just like me. Like they want to be seen. They want to be valued. And this helps me love even behavior that I don't like because I can equate it to they're a human being just like me versus they're trying to mess up or they're um, trying to be defiant. And this kind of takes the drama out of the behavior for me and lets me really see behind it. The third way to love your child unconditionally, not conditionally, is appreciate your child for who they are rather than wanting them to be someone else, like a different version of themselves. And I totally went through this with my son where I'm like, but this is what all the cousins do. Like they go on missions, they do this, or yeah, this is what good sons do. And I had this story of what I thought his life would be like and what a good son does. And I want you to kind of imagine like your child is a flower, um, but you don't get to choose what kind. But, you know, like when I see a field of flowers, I'm not like, I hate that one. I like that one. I'm like, they're all beautiful for different reasons. And I don't want the rose to be the daisy or the tulip to be the rose. And so when you learn how to delight in your child for who they are as a human being, like they feel that energy and, you know, where I'm like, I started focusing on the things Nick did well instead of focusing on the things he wasn't doing well. And that is a mindset shift because as a parent, we're like, we're trying to like parent them and make them these amazing human beings. And sometimes that mindset is we're focusing on everything they're not doing to be those amazing human beings. And so when you switch to like, oh, I love this uniqueness about my child. I love this amazingness about this human being, this my child, that then you get the gift to yourself of like seeing their uniqueness and being okay that they don't have to be like anybody else. In fact, it's perfect that they're not like everybody else. Um, and I do this with my daughters too, because I have five daughters. So it's easy to like compare them in your mind, but I'm really mindful of, I love this about this one. I love this one. And, you know, people like, I, I have nine sisters and people say, well, who's your favorite sister? I'm like, oh, like all of them, because they all are a different part of my heart. And so kind of you, your children, like different parts of your heart. And like, I like to do different things with all of them. Like, so it's very, um, and I love like their different gifts. Like I start viewing the tapestry of our family and of my children as an asset versus a problem. Okay. But our brains do like to compare. And so you have to be really careful of like, if you're at, like I was at a wedding at the temple and I was like, oh, I, my mind went to like, oh, wouldn't it be easy if like Nick could find a wife and get married? And they're like, would it? Like, no, like Nick's uniqueness is beautiful for him. And I, you have to catch yourself when you're comparing because that is going to be um, a road to conditional love, right? If you do these things, it's easier for me to love you. Um, you know, the fourth one would be use empathy, connection, and repair rather than punishing. You know, we punish usually from a place of trying to control behavior. And we have this illusion that we can control our children, especially because when they're young, we put them in timeout and they sit in timeout. And then sometimes the behavior is modified. But it really like a great deal of research shows that children who are disciplined with left withdrawal techniques, which is like timeout and misbehavior, that the lesson is really lost on the child. And really it's telling them 
like you do something bad and you, I, you have to leave the family or you have to go away. And listen, I did my time out, so I'm not judging you. You're doing yours, but we only punish because we don't know usually what else to do. And there are thousands of like families who like sit down, like we have one really close family. Like when something happens, they realize like, oh, they don't focus on the behavior. They really do realize like something needs to be repaired, connected, some empathy with this child. And they get underneath really quickly and they sit down and, and that's kind of a training thing with your children of like, you know, we're, this is not appropriate behavior, but let's figure out what's going on and teaching them that sitting down conversation that we're going to be vulnerable with each other and creating that safe place. And so remember when your child is doing behavior that you don't like, and that it's hard to be around, try to not to focus on the behavior, but focus on the cause of the behavior. Like, oh, hurt people hurt people. Like I did this with one of my children who was a horrible, like she was 17 and like really bad um, things she was saying and reacting. And I just took a little break. Sometimes like, you know, you're triggered as a parent and I took a little break and I came back and I was like, what's going on with you? Because this is not normally who you're, who you are. And she really opened up to me and was like, I am actually dealing with serious anxiety and depression. And she felt safe because I wasn't attacking her or her behavior. I was more like, listen, I see you and this is not who you are. And that turned into a really beautiful moment from a horrible moment. And so when you have experienced some horrible behavior, that is a opportunity to love your child and have, see your child. And they're usually behaving in a way to get attention or because they don't know what else to do. And they're lashing out from a place of pain. And so the f- fifth one I would give you is trust that once your child feels unconditional love, they will be able to change their behavior. And the story I just shared you was completely true. Like, um, she, and this was after a period of like, every time I asked her to do something, she was really defiant and had attitude and it was the depression and anxiety. And once we like sat down and got the better tools in that I needed to as a parent and got her the mental health tools, everything completely changed where she's like, oh, she was more in line with who she naturally is, felt better about herself. And like, it's that unconditional love is like this healing that we all need. And so sometimes the bottom line is if you're seeing yourself being able to not be able to do this, is this a sign to you that you need some healing? You need some self-compassion. You need to learn how to love yourself and grant yourself some grace. And sometimes it's reframing things that are happened in your past and you need to work with a coach or a therapist. Um, I've done this a lot with my clients where these stories that, you know, the past cannot hurt you today, but it's how we're telling the past that hurts us today. And so really learning not to go to rainbows or daisy about the past, but also to like take care of yourself in those stories where you didn't in the past, but you can today. And doing that work of showing yourself that grace and that self-compassion, that then gives you greater capability to show other people that grace and self-compassion. And so what happened to me with my children Um, especially my son who came out is what this gave me is this ability to stop comparing him, like, like seeing him for who he is, um, realizing his behaviors was not him. um, And it really like seeing like his journey is going to be different from mine. This gave me the ability to feel that unconditional love for him, even to this day when he does behaviors that I don't agree with and I don't like, 
it doesn't affect how our relationship at all. Um, you know, I'm not, there's some things I'm, I don't want to change about being disappointed on, but I, it doesn't, I don't add the dirty pain on top of like, he shouldn't be doing that. Um, he should be different. And really then that keeps our relationship very clean. And it makes me be able to have access to him because he doesn't feel my judgment and I'd be able to share the wisdom and I get to like, love him cleanly. Like, okay, I just didn't know he was going to do that. Interesting. And, you know, there's a lot of mindset. And like I said, this is, it took working with a coach and really cleaning up kind of how I was judging myself. And then I was able to drop judgments of my children. And I'm not saying that you're not going to have requests or consequences. Like I was talking about the dish week, but what you don't have then is this layer of um, like disconnect in your relationship because they are equating you being upset as you not loving them. And you're able to show up and say words in a much more clean, healthy space that you're connected to them and they feel safe with you. And even when they're doing things that they know you're going to be disappointed at, they're not needing to feel distance from you because they don't want to feel that um, conditional love. So Um, If you have any questions about that, please reach out to me. Unconditional love is some of the best work to do because it's the gift to you because you get to feel that love and motion of love. Your love is emotion that we feel by our thinking. And what it really does is it changes the whole, your emotional um, set point. And so doing this work, yes, you have a better relationship with your children and your husband and all the people actually, but really you get to experience life in such a more beautiful way. And I really testify to that. So thank you for being here with me today. If you have questions about any of this, let me know. This is great work to do because it changes you and it changes, it up levels your life. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Where have you found the support that your family needs? I would be honored to be that support. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for Christian LGBTQ families. Come check out the coaching community, Lifted Together with Jenny Hunter. In our community, you will find a safe space to process all the emotions and all the things that you need to find the support that you will need to help your child thrive. You will find it in private coaching, group coaching, and I have created hours of content just for you. When you are ready to thrive as a family, please come check out liftedtogether.com slash membership.